This episode comes with a trigger warning as myself and my guest discuss topics such as mental health, self-harm and suicide. It's not all negative, there are a lot of positives within it, so I hope you will listen if you feel you're safe enough to. Please also bear in mind that we are not trained medical professionals or therapists, so everything we do talk about is from our own experiences and our own learnings. If anyone does need to talk afterwards, then please know that my inboxes are open and I hope you enjoy this episode and you take something away from it. Stay safe. It was good. What? Do those weird blip noises oh. at the start. <laughs> this is officially episode two of Somewhere Within the Rainbow. I'm very excited today because I have a guest with me once again, and it is my son. Obviously, not my actual son, because I think biologically, scientifically, <laughs> it wouldn't be able to happen. No. Was there nine years between us? Yeah. So I would have been nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, eight, surely. Yeah. Jesus, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. So welcome, Colby, to my podcast. It's a pleasure. <laughs> I'm so excited. Because <laughs> um, I know we've been talking about doing this mm. for a while. Obviously, we've got quite conflicting schedules. Mm. Um, so it's not really something we could commit to 100% to do um, weekly or whatever. Yeah. But we've we've had a lovely trip to the tip. Yeah, tip trip. Illegally. Um, <laughs> not quite illegally. Not quite illegal. I didn't know. Mm. Um, this is why you should always check things online, people. Mm-hmm. But we got away with it. It's fine. So thank you, Marchwood Tip. So... We don't really have a set topic, no. but you and I can talk about anything and everything. For a long time. For a very, very long time. Probably too long. So yeah. we'll keep an eye on the time, uh, make sure we're staying on track. Um, so, I don't know, do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Um, tell us how you're doing, um, mm. how, how the past two years have been for you. <laughs> Years. What do you want me to say in terms of an introduction? Hi, I'm Colby. Sure. <laughs> or at transa.exe on Instagram. Shout out. Hello. Um, Cheeky promo. <laughs> um, I am 24. Yes, you are. I am 24. I am an emergency call taker for the ambulance service. Hero. Uh, no. We have a hero in our favour. Um. And the last two years for me have been odd, mm. very odd. I have been very lucky over them, but they have been very odd because of that. I've been lucky enough to, as far as I'm aware, not get COVID. Um, but also no one really that I've known has been particularly unwell or passed away or anything like that. So, And I've been able to work, obviously, mm. through the whole thing. So... That was both a blessing and a curse, I suppose, because I was very jealous of everyone 
having lots of time off, but I also <laughs> understood that it drove people absolutely mental. Mm. So, yeah, it's just um, I had a lot of personal growth in those last two years as well, which is I, what I'm also very lucky for. So in terms of personal growth, what, what do you think has kind of changed for you the most? I think the appreciation of being alone, but also it allowed me to appreciate not being alone. Mm. more because I, I was someone who always thought that I loved being on my own all the time and I didn't particularly enjoy being around a lot of people and all that sort of thing and that that's remained true but it's definitely given me a new sense of appreciation for being able to see my friends and for being able to go places um, but also I think the the time I was forced to just be on my own because I have a housemate and I was still working but there was no other sort of social stuff happening aside from me being at work or with my housemate and me and my housemate sometimes drive each other nuts so we spent a lot of time in separate rooms um just to get some space so that forced time of being sort of on my own and doing not much in particular allowed me to be in a space of not performing for anyone mm-hmm. or anything i just i, I got into it's because of TikTok. I, the, the algorithm reads me for Phil Emma. Um, I, but it kept suggesting all of this stuff about mental health and autism and ADHD and various things. So I learned loads of new terminology, which then caused me to research loads of things. So I just, I learned a lot about myself from a psychological standpoint. Mm-hmm. And it helped me because I had the time yep. to apply it to my life whilst not being under social pressure Mm -hmm. so now I say coming out of the pandemic we're not but like coming out of the restrictive part of it I'm now able to apply that all to actually being in a social situation as well so yeah that's that's really what I mean by the whole growth thing that's a lot yeah if you think about it Mm. so I was going to say because you brought it up talking about living with your housemate Mm. and still needing that separation Mm -hmm. and I think it's we've all seen it it's been wild how different the experiences have been Mm. for people throughout I mean I live alone with my cat who's actually been like a godsend Mm. really but and there was that whole thing of like oh but you if you live with someone surely you're going to be fine throughout this because you've got you've got someone there but I actually feel like I was quite fortunate because yeah. I could just get on and do my own stuff and not have to worry about mm. getting, especially when we were really deep in lockdown and you, you couldn't go anywhere. Because yeah. I think, and you know, this is no offence to my family. I love them very much. But <laughs> I remember when I had, it was Christmas and mm. we'd, we'd gone to see them and actually just being around people for not being around anyone at all was just like, oh, this overwhelming. is it's so overwhelming. It was mm. just too much. And um I remember being excited getting back to work and and seeing people, but as soon as I was around everyone, I was like, nope, because I think I in our friendship, I'd always seen you as the introverted one. Yeah. I was always very extroverted, mm-hmm. but I actually got to understand that I'm a very introverted person, mm-hmm. and my extroverted side is is actually just a mask. It, yeah. it helps me with my anxiety of being scared of being around people mm-hmm. and being in social situations. But during during all this, you actually got into a relationship, didn't you? Yeah, an illegal relationship. (laughs) Yeah, because we met during a lockdown, Mm -hmm. and we really shouldn't have, (laughs) because we're from different cities. Just outing yourself now. Yeah, I know. If the government's listening. Mm. Actually, no, fuck that, because 
Party gang. Well, yeah, Boris, you can <laughs> suck one. Um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, me and my significant other, um, we met in November. It was just before the November lockdown came into fruition. When was it? Which year? I don't even know what year we're in now. Um, 20, 2020. Oh, it must have, yeah, 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 yeah okay. 2020. Um, we, we matched on the good old Tinder. Although we have friends in common, which we learned, but like, so we probably would have met eventually anyway, but we ended up matching on Tinder. Um, we were both very recently out of longer term relationships, George much longer than mine. We, I don't know, I think we were both a bit like, well, once this lockdown's over, maybe we'll meet. And then we, we spoke for like a week straight and couldn't not go and see each other. God, it's so gross, isn't it? From the, literally <laughs> from the moment I saw them, I was like, well, well then. And yeah, I've been happy ever since, really, I suppose. But that's great. Like, mm. I, mean, I know I struggled with it at first because I... Because <laughs> they were stealing me away <laughs> from you. <laughs> Epic jealousy. You're taking my friend away. <laughs> Stop. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was more circumstance, wasn't it? It mm. was the fact that I'd just come out of a very long term relationship mm. and was still trying to understand that and then being thrown into COVID world. Mm. It was and because obviously we'd spent a lot of time yeah. when we could in twenty twenty together. Um, mm. you were kind of my bubble. Yeah. So we were doing a lot. So and you know, we know I'm mentally unstable, so um jealousy had yeah. always been a big problem of mine but um it actually was kind of helpful yeah and I think it's good now looking back that you can just admit as mm. well I think because a lot of people struggle with that I think with us because we're we're used to admitting things like that to each other it feels a lot more comfortable but a lot of people really struggle to be like no I'm just being a jealous idiot yeah you know but recognizing that and still understanding that it's a valid feeling mm. but understanding that it's an irrational one <laughs> uh I that's that's really good. Because mm. I think I actually sent you like a, a voice message, mm. didn't I? Just being like, I'm just going to be honest. Mm. This is what I'm feeling. Yeah. Which was is something I never would have used to have done. I yeah. think, yeah, you're one of the very rare people I can do that with. Because mm. I think I, I mentioned it on my last episode on here that I've, I'm a people pleaser and mm. I don't like knowing I'm going to upset someone or mm. potentially offend them, even though I kind of like offending people. <laughs> it's a weird... Yeah. It's a weird thing. No, and it is great. And, you know, I am I still find it very strange that I've only met George once. once yeah. Considering how close we are. But mm. you know, like we already discussed, we've not really had a chance to see each other because we're both on very different schedules. Mm. Very busy people in our own ways. But it's one of those great friendships where we know we can just send something one day and everything's... Yeah fine yeah exactly and the same as it's always been yeah. so and I think at least at the beginning and whilst the ongoing pandemic is you know ongoing mm. um it's it was just easier for me to escape to go and see George mm. because as you were saying like I was with my housemate and that was like it was fine because I was still working I think if I wasn't working we'd have killed each other yeah because my housemate wasn't working because they work in hospitality so yeah. um, none of that was going on but yeah we have like vastly different schedules and so even now it's hard because 
I mean, you're sort of nine to five, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. and so and, and then so some. Is, yeah, <laughs> right. And then so is George, but I'm I'm just whenever they need me. Yeah. <clears throat> so trying to find a time where all three of us would overlap is very difficult. Yeah. So especially as well because when obviously you've got your time off, you need to rest mm. because not just the fact that you do nights and stuff but mm. obviously with like chronic illness and everything it's yeah. it's extremely important that you're having that downtime because mm. you do i think as well with like with your autism you get quite yeah overwhelmed yeah yeah big time not just, i think as well it's not i don't really experience much um in terms of like sensory overload not very often anymore anywhere i'm, I'm much better at dealing with that before it becomes a problem but the workplace is kind of a forced socialization mm-hmm. socializing rather space it sounds it sounds really odd to try and explain to people that don't experience it but just when someone sort of first comes in in the morning and they're like oh hi how you doing you're right that's a normal conversation for most people yeah <laughs> and i feel like i have to pretend to be somebody else to respond in like a yeah yeah good how are you yeah that and it makes me cringe internally because i i don't enjoy that conversation it's substanceless Mm. um and I understand that that's because of autism and so I let myself put on that mask for my work colleagues and stuff because they enjoy it Mm. makes them feel like I give a shit um which I I do but I could rather talk about their deepest darkest secrets than just be like what'd you do with your weekends yeah I don't like small talk yeah basically yeah (laughs) Uh, but after a week of that because we do six shifts on and nearly all of them are 10 hour shifts. Oh my goodness. After I just want to, I don't want to see anyone after that. I've got then got four days off and I, I just want to be on my own for most of them yeah. or be with like you or George, because you both <laughs> understand that like, because we have these kinds of conversations yeah, yeah. rather than small talk. Or we can just sit in silence and it doesn't yes. matter. Like I think there's been a few occasions where we've literally mm. both just sat on our phones, mm. not saying a word. Mm-hmm. But we're just happy to be in each other's company. Yeah, and that's that's a be- that's such a, I think a rare mm. but beautiful relationship to have with someone. Yeah, and I'm so lucky I found it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it is it's wild because I mean, so what we met each other in I want to say 2016. When did you start working at the Rocks? I don't know. Um, I know that I started uni in 2015 in September. Mm-hmm. So it probably was in I think 2016. It was like quite, but, but like late. Probably late on, yeah. Because yeah. I was at, yeah, I would have left Harbour Lights and I was working at iTalk. Because mm. I used to get off the train early to go and get drunk at the Rockstar. Ah, yes, that's how we met. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's one of those weird things where just looking at where we are now mm. and thinking back to those two people absolutely <sighs> blows my mind yeah like and i know those people they're part of our history mm. they needed to exist they they they, they served a purpose mm. at the time but if i met <laughs> me then as i am now mm. i genuinely would punch me in the face mm. i think you now also wouldn't get on with me then no, no. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I'd have got on with you then as no. I am now oh, either. Oh, definitely not. No. No. And I don't, that's what I question. I'm like, how did I have friends then? Yeah. Because. Mm. 
<laughs> so you know, you know how awful we were. It's just, yeah, it's, I don't know, because I can look at, I can look back on like phases of me mm. prior to that and be like, okay, they were a knob or whatever, but kind of accept them and be mm. like, okay, you know, either you're a teenager or, but that. I, I think it's because that specific time in both of our lives was the amalgamation, the accumulation of all of those previous mm. versions of ourselves, rather than us having ever fully moved on from the previous yeah. version we were kind of just adding more shit <laughs> to the pile and it took us basically almost not being friends yeah for us to be like we should probably sort some stuff out mentally <laughs> um i mean I, I i we both started sorting stuff out long before then but it was one of those things that we both kind of need a bit of a kick to actually yeah. enact <clears throat> any significant change yeah well yeah because i i don't i like to believe i was trying to do stuff mm. but when i look back on it now i i, I wasn't no I, I i did the sort of same thing where i would do a meditation every now and then and be like why am i not cured <laughs> or you know i go to a doctor here and there mm. and then be like well why am i why am i not fixed yeah, yeah. but that's not that's not what it was about. And I'd watch educational videos on psychology, but then not actually apply any of it to my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm doing the work. But I wasn't. I absolutely wasn't. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it was, I think it was when I first started getting into spirituality mm. that I really started to enact some proper change because, and I, the thing is, I think what made it easy is because I wasn't trying, mm. because I had an interest in spirituality and a lot of it especially with some things in paganism but also like a lot of stuff with eastern spirituality a lot of it is stuff they use in psychology anyway yeah it was the psychology of its of its time like and still applies like mindfulness meditation yeah. yoga because yoga isn't just about body and stuff it's also about mind but yeah it was when i started getting into spirituality that i sort of by a happy accident ended up becoming happier because i was uh in, in doing those things with spirituality that were actually good for my brain it's, it makes a huge difference because if i think yeah think about all the kind of like you were saying all the all the books i read and mm. doing like short courses and stuff and you know really projecting onto other people kind of mm -hmm. like because i'm so afraid to help myself yeah i'm just gonna help you mm. without realizing actually i need to help myself first before i can do yeah anything else and we were that for each other yeah definitely mm. and i think one of the worst parts of that was is that mm. we'd been through so much of the same stuff mm -hmm. that we would just trigger each other yeah. like constantly to a point where actually i feel like and i know this happens a lot within like i don't want to say the mental health community but yeah those people that kind of migrate to each other because mm. because they haven't gone through the same things which is great you know it's, it's good to be able to talk to a community that understands you mm. But it's realising that you're actually doing more damage than, than you should be because yeah. you need to, yeah, sort your own shit out before mm. you can start. Because right. we're really conscious of it now yeah. um, to a point where, you know, we'll send a message and start it with, hey, this might be really triggering. Are you okay to listen to it? Exactly. And talk about it. And if it's a no, it's like, okay, yeah, don't worry. But often because <laughs> of that, I think that's what, this is what people don't understand about trigger warnings in general. Mm. It's not so you can then remove yourself. Yeah. It's just so you can remove yourself if you feel you need to. Yeah. But, yeah. like, 
you know, if I was to be, if I was to be suddenly sent a message about something that I would find triggering without any warning, then I would probably find it triggering because mm-hmm. there's no prep time. Yeah. Whereas if you were to send me the exact same message, but prefaced it with, are you in a space to talk about this? Yeah. I might not have been, but I can put myself in a space to talk about it. Yeah. If I'm expecting the, the content, it's not going to come out of nowhere and hit me around the face. Mm-hmm. That's that's all a content warning really is. Yeah. So. And this is it's something actually that I'm, I'm really grateful to you for. It's something I've learned massively over, especially over the past two years. Mm. And it is, I think I wrote something similar to this the other day online, but it's something that's so logical, mm. but sometimes logic is just the hardest thing to, to recognise. Yeah. But communication and boundaries have become the biggest thing for me. Again, I think I was always scared of the both of them because I didn't want to upset anyone. Yeah. Or offend anyone, but the more I've done it, the more the other person comes back and is like, "Oh, I'm glad you said that. Mm. That that's really helpful." And mm-hmm. now we can kind of move forward. And you know, for anyone who might be listening, please do use boundaries. They're not just like a buzzword mm-hmm. online for like a new age mental health thing. Mm. They're something that have been around for many, many years mm. and are absolutely huge. Um, I think that they take an awful lot of self awareness. Yeah, because. On, on the flip side of it, as, as much as they're also not just a new age, blah, blah, blah. I, when I first started enacting my boundaries and stuff, what I thought I was doing was, you know, just setting healthy boundaries. But instead, I was just kind of saying no to everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> there does I, need to be a balance. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I thought I was setting up healthy boundaries, but I was actually kind of doing them at a detriment to myself. Not all the time, but a lot of them were, you know, because I think it takes a lot of self-awareness to know it's, it's something just very simple about if someone wants to hang out with me. If my gut reaction is actually no, I don't want to. I also have to make sure I'm saying no for the right reason. Am I genuinely too tired, a bit socially burnt out, or anything like that? Or am I saying no because I'm actually scared of being seen in public? Yeah. Because often, that's and that's a valid excuse, I could end up saying no because I'm scared of going outside. But often if, I, if I'm like, that's not really a healthy response, and I just let the other person know, I'd like to see you, but just letting you know I'm a bit shaky at the moment, mm-hmm. I usually end up having a fine time. But, but if I'd set the boundary... Yeah. And then just shut myself away. <clears throat> it wouldn't have helped anything. So I think it takes, yeah, a lot of self-awareness to be able to set boundaries healthily. Yeah. But I think it's okay if you start off with them by setting them whenever. Yeah. Because otherwise you're never going to learn how to set them, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And it's it's not just relation. Well, it's, it is obviously because most of our stuff is around relationships. But, mm. um, you know, it's work. It's, yeah. it's even boundaries for yourself. Um, yeah. So even having boundaries with like what you do to keep yourself mm-hmm. healthy and, yeah. and well. And I think this leads in nicely to something we brought up earlier. <laughs> and I, I think, again, with, with spirituality mm. and, and finding yourself, it, it's something you learn more and more as you go on. But we were saying about um, it's and I still see it a lot online especially with, you know, bloggers and advocates and everything. There's still so many messages of how about about mental health, but they're really black and white. Mm. And it's kind of like we were saying about crying mm-hmm. and well just emotions in general. And how it's either it always feels like you either have to be happy or you're sad and yeah. you're and you're sad. And it's not like that. It's it's a spectrum 
of emotions um and they can vary in endless degrees i mean because you could be sad but you're angry yeah and it's understanding what you're feeling why you're feeling it mm-hmm. and what you're going to do with yeah. that and and this is the basis <clears throat> of like dealing with emotions in a healthy way because if we were to the, the whole black and white thing is about because obviously there are generally what we accept as a the polarities of emotions so happy and sad obviously if your choices are between those two you're kind of going to want to pick happy so people will shut out the negative emotions or try not to feel them or be really depressed about themselves or angry at themselves when they do feel bad emotions i say bad but you know what I mean? yeah, like yeah. bad in quotation marks but mental wellness generally is not about not experiencing what we've labeled as negative emotions but more about just learning how to feel them properly and then process them yeah because otherwise you know life is all about a spectrum all over it none of it's binary (laughs) and so trying to stick to just one piece of happiness it's not going to work i find it even now where i find myself i'll be reading something be like oh I, i should be doing more of this and i should be doing more of that or if i get if i have a bad week i'm like oh i feel like i'm back to square one i'm not it's just because people get sad sometimes yeah that is life (laughs) yeah and that's that's always going to happen and that's absolutely fine like some people get really annoyed with the whole phrasing of it's okay to not be okay i i'm one of those people i hate it yeah because it doesn't go deep enough (laughs) no because it just sounds like that phrase is supposed to help people it's a band-aid yeah and it, but it sounds like they're, they're expecting the phrase, oh, it's okay if you're not okay to help people. Mm. But it's not. It's just expressing that it's actually okay for you to feel your feelings. Yeah. The feelings might be shit and you should be doing stuff about them. Mm. But it generally, it, it's, it's basically what I think it's trying to do is explain that you should be able to be allowed to feel all spectrums of emotion yeah. but doesn't it say that in the phrase no. and so it just sounds <laughs> like it empty words yeah and and this is why it annoys me because i feel like you know well it's one of those things where i get too angry about it when i shouldn't but yeah it's one of those things where i've said it's one of those things so many times and now that's annoyed me <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just stuck on a loop um but it's one of those things mm. where yeah, people say it in a way of if they know someone's upset. And I think what gets to me is when it's it's kind of big campaigners or mm. um, organisations that use it, knowing full well that there is more depth yeah. to that. And there are a lot of people online who, who, have, who struggle with some form of diagnosis mm. that say, okay, for example, you know, I, I have borderline personality disorder... If someone was to turn around to me when I'm in one like a horrific episode and I'm, you know, literally yeah. on the edge of existing mm. and they say, but it's okay not to be okay. <laughs> no, what the fuck is that going to do? Like, exactly. And that's why it's infuriating because, yes, it's okay to feel stuff. Mm. That's fine. That's human. It's basic emotions, mm. what we're meant to do. But... To say to someone who might be in a depressive episode that, mm-hmm. especially if they've never been there before, yeah. it's okay not to be okay, that kind of then validates it and says, you're cool, stay in bed for a month Yeah, yeah. see that, what happens. That's the thing. It's a phrase rather than a toolkit. Yes. Because, fine, I understand now it's okay to not be okay, but how do I help <laughs> myself to feel yes. back to being a bit more okay? And, oh, it, it's... 
yeah, it's the oh, there's I, so many friends. You got yeah. this, like yeah, shit like that. I understand positive sentiment, and you know, but this is coming from someone who's just gone through so much shit mentally yeah. that actually positivity a lot of the like mm. positive quotes and phrases yeah. infuriate me. I just sometimes want someone to be really fucking honest. Yeah, like you did, mm. right? Mm. The reason I went sober. Mm. was because of you yeah and <clears throat> i mean it's something i knew i had to do yeah but what it took and i understand this because i've put a lot of loved ones in my life in a very difficult position mm. unintentionally yeah it was because i was very unwell and it got to a point where it was you know too much and they then got to a point where they felt like they couldn't say things to me because they thought that it mm. might make me worse yeah and I'd have a really bad reaction to it but the whole time I just need someone to be honest and say it how it is because mm. then I can deal with it I can yeah. be like oh god okay that's bad I'm upsetting you that's horrible yeah what do I do to make it better because, because this is where your people pleasing traits mm -hmm. kind of come into handy yeah because I knew that if I turned around it was a calculated thing that I did <laughs> you know I turned around and said you're pushing me away and it's working mm -hmm. I knew you'd be like oh, I'm hurting someone, that's not okay. Yeah. And that you'd actually work to fix that rather than going worse. I, I knew that that was the sort of thing that you would do. I, and I, I didn't know it for certain, but I really hoped that I was correct. <laughs> um, and I was. And that's grand because it's definitely brought us even closer. Yeah, yeah, um, massively. And it's, and it's helped me because, like, I was getting to a point where I was entering like what I've called my like recovery period where I'm actually actively recovering and anyone that was in my life at the time that I didn't need them to be okay yeah I needed them to not be actively making themselves worse mm -hmm. and you were at the time yeah and, definitely. I, and I was like <laughs> I'm not going to be able to deal with that mm. because I shouldn't have to no of course and no one should have to and as much I was you know torn between you need some support and you need help but you also weren't in the position to accept any <laughs> and so I would have just been doing it for no reason and yeah, yeah so I'm I needed to sort of let you know that that was happening and um, yeah and I think that's sometimes it is a gamble like you mm. said you know it could have <laughs> but I think yeah you, you it's it's knowing people as well you you knew that I'd already lost a huge person in my yeah, life yeah and then I'd actually broken down some other relationships from that it was kind of like yeah this this is the last thing. Mm. Like, if you'd gone... Yeah. The fuck. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's horrible to say, and I don't mean this to upset anyone that might be listening, but I probably wouldn't be here. Yeah. Because I was. I was, yeah, spiralling, and mm. I didn't notice it. Mm. I mean, I obviously, I knew I wasn't... Okay. ...looking after myself. Mm. It, yeah, to a point where it was it was dangerous. Yeah, Like, was. really dangerous. Mm. Um, But no, and I, I'm forever grateful for that, and, mm. you know... I've I've had my my blips throughout throughout the year and stuff because of conversations like this and being on a journey together to mm. to understand if something goes wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do I do about it? And I wrote about this the other day, saying about because we all know recovery isn't linear. Mm. Uh, one of the phrases I don't mind because it's true, yeah, um, <laughs> and it can be used in so many so many ways. But you know, I yeah, I did relapse, but. Mm. It happened, and I thought, okay, where yeah. do I go from here? I really remember that, because you sent me a voice note. Oh my goodness, this woman. She started the voice note with... 
I hope you'll still be friends with me. And I was like, oh my God, what has she done? Killed your boyfriend. This is the thing. I thought maybe you'd done something that, that I genuinely would find offensive or that mm. you'd done to, and it would fuck my life Turn Turned up. into a Nazi. And just, right? Yeah. And, but then it was just that you'd, you'd end up having, a, you'd have a drink. Mm. And I was like, because I, I understand where it came from because of how you ended up going sober with basically yeah. a threat of me being around. <laughs> yeah. But because um, I don't think this is where the phrase it's okay to not be okay kind of works a bit better mm. it's not for like severe stuff in you know in a, in a moment of psychosis it's for yeah. when you're trying to be okay and something happens when you're not okay yeah that's fine because it happens and it's allowed and so when you had a relapse I was like that's okay mm-hmm. because it's it happens. Yeah. Like, that's the whole journey is going to be full of blips, no matter how big or small. It's, <clears throat> it, we're never going to be fully, like, I hate the phrasing, but normal. Oh, because, it, yeah, it's not a thing. There isn't really a, a, a normal, but no. I think we're going to be people that struggle with our mental health for the rest of our lives. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. that, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in it for the long haul. Exactly. <laughs> and, but for me, that doesn't scare me anymore no it used to absolutely terrify me what if I feel like this forever yeah because I know now that I'm not going to feel like it forever Mm -hmm. because I don't feel depressed now I know that if I didn't look after myself I'd very quickly be depressed again because it happens yeah for example when I was recovering from surgery I physically didn't have the capabilities of doing anything that I do to keep myself well I couldn't even journal because the painkillers I was on, (laughs) I couldn't see. Um, I didn't even think that because they didn't give me a woozy head. So I didn't think they were doing much Mm. until I tried to read a book. And I was like, what are letters? Um, (laughs) It was really weird. But yes, I couldn't do. And I got really depressed. And and we were talking about this earlier about crying. I really struggled to cry. And I was crying all the time. And so I knew that I wasn't okay. But I also knew that it was because I couldn't do the things that make me feel well. Yeah. So I knew it was temporary, but it was really hard to deal with. So I know now that if I end up doing not doing the things that make me feel good, not even necessarily make me feel better, just the things I have to do daily to yeah. make me, to maintain my feeling of contentness. Mm-hmm. If I don't do those, I would very quickly slip back into being depressed. And that, I feel, will be lifelong. Yeah. Because trauma mostly well yeah and you know and that is okay Mm. not the trauma does not but you know (laughs) but it's yeah like you said it's understanding it I mean this this came to me the other day and I never really realized it but there was a point in my life around the time we met Mm. and and a few years after where I couldn't have medicine in the flat Mm. even like paracetamol Mm -hmm. Sorry, should have prefaced this with a, a trigger warning. I won't go obviously too much into it, but you get the, the where I'm going. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was too afraid to have anything medicine. Even my at the time when I was on antidepressants, yeah. I, I was too afraid to have them in the flat because I knew if I, I it was easy access. Yeah. I, I knew they were there. You look in my bloody cupboard now. It's like a pharmacy. It is like a <laughs> pharmacy, and it's all stuff that I now use to keep myself functioning. Mm. So it's it's mostly stuff for pain and my arthritis and everything. And there's a buttload of it. Mm. What a horrible phrase. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of it. Mm. And I just I thought about it the other day. I was I was taking my, my medication and I just thought it's 
it's not even phased me. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know when that, I mean, it, it happened around the time I went sober because that's obviously when my mental health got mm-hmm. a lot better. Strange that. Mm-hmm. A depressive drug yeah. where you could feel better if you don't drink it mm-hmm. daily. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, I find that amazing now, like that they can just be there and I don't, I don't second guess it. I don't think, oh, I need to hide these or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's those small things when you are on a recovery journey mm-hmm. that you can just kind of sit down one day and go, that's great. Yeah. I'm really proud of that. Mm-hmm. And other people might not get it as far as, you know, again, trigger warning, but again, with self harm. Yeah. I have not done that for so long. The same. And it used to be like, I don't want to say a hobby, but because oh, I was so. But it is. Yeah. It, it well, It's addictive. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people don't even either realize or mm. they forget that it is a an addictive what's well, the same as alcohol and, yeah, and smoking it is it's a shit one but yeah. it, it's um and because it's it's your way of releasing emotions mm. and you you convince yourself that that's the only way you can do that mm-hmm. that's why it does become addictive because mm-hmm. you think oh i've got all this pent up mm-hmm. emotion and recovering from all of that too because not only am i recovering from the mental health problems or recovering, I say from, with. I'm yeah. recovering with this mental health problem that I'll probably have forever. But also the shame that surrounds what you used to do to cope. Mm-hmm. Because that creates its whole, its whole other side of it, of trauma almost. Yeah. Like the fact that I that I did self-harm and now have to deal with the consequences of that. Yeah. Um, like very much a constant reminder. But also every time I see something that's sharp. Yeah. And not that I now have the temptation, that's very much gone, but, like, I very much have the memories of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's it throws me and, and also upsets me, the fact that I could ever do something like that to myself. Yeah. Because I love myself very much now. And the idea of putting myself through that kind of pain intentionally and thinking that it was okay yeah. is kind of mind-blowing. And I know that that means I've... I've grown mm. and that's great but it is also such an odd feeling to deal with yeah it is I oh, completely get the upsetting mm. thing because I just think I mean I, I'm not yet quite at the point of fully loving myself mm. but I've definitely grown to appreciate myself a mm. lot more and and yeah look at my body now and be like hey yeah. <laughs> hey, hey queen oh hey queen mm. and I mean I will I, I oh, another perk to living alone because mm. I was naked a lot um, <laughs> during lockdown, either naked or, or just in very nice underwear. Like mm. I bought myself underwear, not for anyone but mm. me. Mm-hmm. Because obviously with my psoriasis as well, there mm. are many days where I'll look in the mirror and think, you ugly bitch. And that's that's not the case. So anyone who might be listening who has psoriasis, please don't. That is not the case. You are not ugly in any way, shape or form. But obviously we, we see ourselves in our mm-hmm. own ways. And because my whole upbringing especially because I grew up in the bloody 90s was very much like you must look like this and I know it still happens now but um sorry low-rise jeans what was that but I I used to be able to do that and now I'm just like (laughs) (laughs) wear low-rise jeans now but you'll have the you'll have the belly bake (laughs) which is fine which yeah I mean love it I don't find it that comfortable it's not that comfortable (laughs) I'd much rather have them right up to my tits Mm. to be honest yeah um I love that I love a good suck in trouser yeah, very high waisted feels comforting 
But that's the and that's the other thing. Like you know, I'm as I said earlier, big lass. I'm not big lass. Big lass. I'm not. I'm not small. I'm not. I'm. I'm what the cool kids these days say. Mid size. Mid size. That's yeah. that's the thing now. I'm a mid size. Yeah. I've I've got tatties. I've got a booty. Yes. I've got my hips, and I've lo- I've learned to love them, mm. especially my bum. That and that <laughs> is something that I've noticed greatly because of how you dress differently. Yes. But also the fact that I get every now and then a lovely little inbox from you. Of, <laughs> of, would you would you care to see some sexy pictures I've taken today? And I'm always like, yes, please, because I I I love watching people celebrate their own bodies mm-hmm. because I think there are bodies that I personally don't find as attractive to to me. Mm. But I recognise the beauty in everybody, every like body physically, yeah, yeah. like big, small, um, tall, like short, every colour, disabilities, etc. Yeah, because I just because for me the human body is kind of amazing. It's yeah, like in general, it's just incredible to think about what it does. Even even when like for for example mine, and I saw you feel this as well. The fact that we we have physical illnesses too yeah and yet my body still every day allows me to experience life mm-hmm. and the fact i'm sorry the fact that we evolution can i just say what the fuck like how do we we were fish man <laughs> what that's well, mental thumbs right I mean, how do we get thumbs these things are wild and and so i think about the journey that we've gone through to be able to lead to this point where i now get to use a piece of metal to call someone across halfway across the world mm. and see them on it yeah it, this is so this is what's in philosophy is called absurdism and so it's kind of like positive nihilism it's like this we're in a we're on a rock in space yeah and it's like what the fuck um <laughs> Like what? How how are we here? It's mad. And so and it's like and also, you know, some people think that life has meaning, etc. etc. That's fine, or that we create our own meaning. For me, I'm like there my belief is that there is literally no meaning to it all. And so that's kind of the basis for nihilism. But then nihilism is more like, oh, there's no meaning in anything, so what's the point? Whereas for me, I'm like, there's no meaning in anything, so let's just do everything I can. Yeah. And be grateful for my experience here because it's by such chance that I have been able to experience the life I have. Even though some of that life has been shit. Yeah. I'm still grateful to have experienced it because if it came between that and not experiencing it at all, I'd much rather have been here. Yeah. And I think, yeah, with, you know, sorry, just well, going back to, to mental health mm. and being mentally unwell, it's it's one of those things to actually get to a point of, feeling that mm. is huge because obviously there we've spent so many years thinking what is the point but in a yeah. very destructive just ugh, destructive negative way mm. um it's one of my you know earliest memories of i didn't know it at the time but when i was like 11 and i just thought what why am i here mm. what is the point mm-hmm. i don't i don't want to be here and i at the time i didn't understand that that was because i was mentally unwell yeah I just, just like, does anyone else think like this? Yeah. Like, am I meant to be feeling like this? And it's it's funny you bring it up because I had this thought in the shower 
of course. I love shower thoughts. They're so good. Because mm. where I let myself be emotional as well. Yeah. Crying in the shower. It's like in a movie. Oh, if, you, <laughs> if you've never done it, and I swear everyone must have done it at some point, but if you've never cried in a shower, just do it. Main character vibe. <sighs> As if, if sitting down and crying. Yes! <laughs> In the oh, shower. It's oh my so God. good. It's such a good feeling. <laughs> but I am very much one of those people that well, you say about, you know, life, mm. what you feel. I'm still convinced that we're like The Sims. Yeah. Uh, that's how I kind of see it. But to a point where I get a bit of <laughs> Jim Carrey, Truman right. Show. Yeah. And I'm doing something in the mirror and I'm like, who's watching me? But then I think, well, that's really fucking narcissistic because <laughs> I'm now thinking in my head that I'm that important and amazing that everyone's watching me and my life i'm so glad i'm not the only one that's been traumatized by the Truman show <laughs> oh my they God. showed it to us when i was in school we, we i can't remember what subject it was maybe psychology about like ethics we were learning right. about ethics or something <laughs> oh my i left that class angry yeah i knew it was fucking fiction so i was like how could they do that to someone but it just it made me so angry and so now yeah sometimes i'll be doing something just a bit odd yeah and then i'll be like i'll look around where the cameras yeah well yeah there's a, a fire contractor person came around the other day they had to install these new things mm. into our flats there's one there oh yeah. there's one in my bedroom and there's one in the spare room mm. and as soon as i they went up and he left i was like they're bugged aren't they <laughs> Everyone knows what I'm doing now. And it took uh, me. And this is what I mean about, you know, you can get to a point of being mentally well. Um, <laughs> but there are things in your life mm. that just won't. I have no reason to be paranoid about being bugged. Like that's yeah. as far as I know, that's not happened in my life. Mm. But I for a good 20 minutes, I sat there so paranoid. Mm. And I think it's because we live in such a digital age now yeah. that even things there's that great meme where it's it's kind of like what is it it's i'm so anxious or i'm so traumatized that even like if something like if zoom's on mute yeah i'm still convinced that like yeah people can hear me yeah. I, and the amount of times i have to double check mm -hmm. everything to be like can people see me oh bro i have like me? tape over my cameras and stuff like that yeah yeah because it's it's terrifying and, and also <laughs> you do read stuff about how Mm. things can listen in or whatever well yeah if you look at adverts on your phone do, do you know what <laughs> not that this is a cyber tech podcast but the the thing that i find we can make it cyber a, bit, tech. <laughs> but like a bit more scary is the fact that so a lot of those things about the adverts has kind of been disproved but so for example i'm just looking around your room right now these pop figures oh yeah I have negative interest. Like, I like it's not even just no interest. I don't like them. <laughs> and so I would never in my life buy one, right? But if I go home, more than likely I'll get an advertisement for them. And it's because um, when you accept things like cookies and yeah. whatnot, sign up to things without reading the terms and conditions, data sharing. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that you research because i'm now in close proximity yeah. to you it will suggest stuff that you buy mm -hmm. but just but to get you to buy things but the fact that all of those data sets then get cross-referenced and stuff so i could meet someone once yeah and then stuff that they buy show up on my feed that to me is more scary than just the microphone <clears throat> being turned on yeah because to be honest if my microphone's on on my phone they're just going to have had to listen to a bunch of weird shit. The fact <laughs> that I walk down the street sometimes because I'm anxious pretending to be on the phone. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. They have to 
they're, they're not listening in that sense. No, it's no. It's just the data stuff that freaks me out. Yeah. I've now decided that when I see you again, I'm going to search for some really random shit on my phone <laughs> and and see when you get home if you're like, what? Mm. This just got recommended. Mm. Like, well, I don't know what would be weird for you, though. Various things. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that's really... Mm. I don't even know if I'd be able to shock you. No. I just feel like... <laughs> I, think, I think to shock me, it would have to be something illegal. Yeah, which you uh, wouldn't be doing some kind of criminal. Yeah, yeah. Which yes, I I, I don't want that on my phone. No, safe mode maybe. Uh, <laughs> Incognito. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I'm not going to go down. No, down that route at all. But I I think all of those like having that information available is what scares people into the whole Truman type. Behavior. Yeah, yeah. Thinking definitely. that they're being watched because we're told we're being watched all the time, mm-hmm. and we. We kind of are, but it's also not like I don't think we're quite Black Mirror yet. No, I mean that I know of, <laughs> but so yeah. far it hasn't impacted my life in a negative way. And yeah. So I don't. It's not that I don't mind. I would rather you know companies didn't have data on me mm. that they didn't need. It's also not to a point where it impacts my life. Like I can get mm. a job. I don't have like a ranking somewhere yeah. other than maybe a credit score. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's about it. So Yeah. I think as well, I don't I'm just wondering, do you think subconsciously, I don't think intentionally, I think because of the society we live in now, mm. people are putting a lot online obviously because they, they just wanna have a voice and mm. share their opinion or or knowledge and well, you know, some people are making a shitload of money out of mm-hmm. doing stuff online but i'm just thinking whether maybe some people subconsciously put more online to kind of be like well i've put it out there now mm-hmm. so there's no way that i can kind of be caught out perhaps yeah <laughs> i think but i think mostly what it is is a validation thing yeah because yeah. i find even now you, do you know i used to post obviously like every day on instagram yeah yeah and now yeah. it's like twice a month mm. and i'll just put a photo dump on there which we appreciate yeah which also side note has massively helped with my self-confidence mm. because i'm not taking a fucking picture of myself every day yeah because <laughs> um, that's all it was it was selfies every single day mm. and it was so unnecessary because it was it's not just a selfie is it it's 60 and then picking the one where you look palatable to society yeah which i hate and it's made me feel better about myself not doing that because I'm not critiquing myself now. I'm not performing. Yeah. If I take a picture now, it's not with the intention of putting it on Instagram. It's just to take a picture of myself. But another thing I find is that if I take a picture, like if I'm having an experience rather, my first thought still is to share it. Yeah. To take a picture and to put it somewhere so other people can see the great thing I've done. <laughs> yeah. But... I think journaling has helped a bit because I'm not taking a picture of my journal or taking a picture of me journaling <laughs> and being like, look at me journaling. I mean, that's something I would do, but yeah. I, I would do it to promote journaling. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. not to validate me. That you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Because like now, like if I go on a nice walk because I've taken myself for a walk because I need to for my health, yeah. I would always before just want to post about it. And I still get that feeling. I just, 
I actively work against it because it's not for anyone else mm-hmm. and I don't need it validating. Yeah. It's I already know that it's good that I've done it, but fighting against that validation thing, oh my god, it's in borderline impossible. Yeah. It's really hard. It is, definitely. And I kind of I think I feel more for the younger mm. generations who do it. I yeah, I definitely don't post as much as I used to. I sometimes mm. forget now. I think the thing that's helped me the most is working in yeah. social media. Mm. So when it is something you do every day, you just get to a point where you're, you're just sick of seeing stuff or you don't mm. have the energy. And I, I think I mentioned this on my mate Mike's podcast a few months ago. I, I posted stuff so much because I, I thought I had to be talking about things mm. and because I kind of promoted myself as this mental health blogger or whatever mm-hmm. I was like oh well this is happening so I have to talk about it yeah whereas now I'll, I'll just put stuff out if I think oh that's actually quite interesting mm-hmm. or, or I want to talk about this and I I enjoy it so much more because do you remember when my Instagram layout was three photos on the same day yeah and they all had identical copy underneath yeah that took Mm-hmm. so much in because I was like well it has to be three photos mm-hmm. they have to look like this they it's all going to be lined up mm-hmm. neatly and then I was just like now I'm changing the layout mm-hmm. I'm just going to post stuff that I want yeah. to post about and I think what you said is amazing and hopefully people will be listening to this and it's just do stuff for you mm-hmm. and the people you love around you mm-hmm. because yeah we don't want to be getting to like 60 70 odd whatever <laughs> we get there Uh, (laughs) and just be like I'm so glad I spent however many hours Mm -hmm. of a day getting that perfect photo of my face to share with mostly strangers just to see numbers go up on likes Mm -hmm. because yeah when you're on your deathbed that's not really going to be what you think about is it no like I, I'm like now, I generally tend to post on Instagram because I've been told by other people <laughs> that they enjoy it when I do. Yeah. They like seeing, sometimes I write silly things on it and sometimes I put silly pictures up and they, they like seeing, because it's a window into my life because I'm very, not private intentionally, but I'm, you know, I'm an introvert. Yeah. So it's a, they enjoy the content and so I post it for them because they enjoy it, but not for me in terms of being validated. Yeah. Um, although it's very nice, but I now I'm at the point where I can recognise, oh, it's nice to have that validation, but I don't need it. Yeah. It, it's enjoyable, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not something I rely on anymore, which is really nice. Yeah, that's, it's great. It's huge. Because you, you were quite large on the old TikTok as well. So you say quite large. I think it was like 16,000 followers at yeah. one point, which is, yeah, it is a lot. Because they were strangers. Yeah. But when, like, again, though, this is me being down on it. Like, I'm saying, oh, yeah, but in comparison, you know, it wasn't a million, Mm. like how some people have. But no, it was a lot. But that, I think, was nice because the way I gained my followers, this is what I mean, this is what I like about, because I'm Gen Z, but not not really. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're Gen Z stuck in a millennial's body. Well, yeah, but I mean, also, just, I'm so on the cusp. I'm literally the first year that Gen Z counts. Well, yeah. 97. So I'm, I've am i lived a Gen Z and a millennial life. Mm-hmm. Like, there's quite an obvious generation divide between us in terms of our upbringing. Yeah. Whereas my housemate, who's a year older, is classed as a millennial, but we're exactly the same. Yeah, see, I'd put them as Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and whereas there's people that I know that are properly Gen Z, really, like, much younger. They were only just 18. Ugh. Oh, my God. Completely different. And so how we were talking earlier about 
internet pressure for Gen Z and stuff like mm. that, the younger generations, I, it's in a different way. Yeah. There is still definitely things like body expectation and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of this whole thing about seeking validation, so the way that I gained followers on TikTok was not through carefully curated content. Yeah. It was because I just put up a silly video that I hadn't planned yeah. for anyone to actually see. And it got traction just because that's that's the content style that's preferred nowadays. And so some people might find a bit of pressure to be funny or something like that. And that could bring its own set of issues. But it, I think from what I've experienced, it's not like it was back in the Tumblr days, <laughs> uh, when the pressure was to be waif-like. You know, there's yeah. still there's still very much body pressure mm. um, and pressure to be successful and, you know, and to co- commodify everything, yeah. to learn a skill and make it your business yeah. and stuff like that. Or to the grind mentality, work, work, work. You know, there's that kind of pressure, but it's less... Just from my experience, it's less about like just looking good. Mm. It's just it's about the actual content. Yeah, and like I said, that can create its own set of issues for people. But I think it's people are more aware of it. I I feel. Yeah, and I mean, you know, good on good on the younger generation. God, I because I feel really old now compared to I, I mentioned it on the previous podcast where I'm. I think I'm quite woke for my age. Mm. I am. I'm a millennial who mm. I'm very much stuck in the middle of. Yeah, a lot of people I know are the upper millennial mm. and then I know a lot of people in the Gen Z land and mm. I like to understand both. Yeah. I can see perspectives from both. Obviously, I, I grew up when the internet was just starting to yeah. become a thing and we were kind of paving the way for, for where it is now. But I, I really appreciate anyone who can actually make a living off content because mm. I love doing it yeah. I, I love creating content I love putting stuff out mm-hmm. there but I can understand from yeah being on it constantly it's a head fuck there's some really horrible people out there mm. there's some really horrible content out there and I think there are so there are a lot of people doing it right though mm. and so this isn't to knock anyone if you are if you make a living off social media off TikTok or whatever mm. fair play to you mm. it is a job yeah 100%. it's valid just like you know sex work's valid like yeah it's still your time and your effort yeah in exchange for pay that's yep. we live in a capitalist society <laughs> that's how it works at the moment and i think a lot of people would prefer that i mean i don't i do i love my job but i don't like the nine to five mm-hmm. lifestyle i don't like the fact that i work so hard and i still find that i'm struggling to yeah. pay for things i need to pay for mm-hmm. and i can't go off and do all the stuff i want to do i'd love to be able to make a video and be like yeah here's however much money go on yeah. holiday I'll be like okay yeah fuck yeah so if that's your option yeah and you can do it do it mm-hmm. <laughs> like i i yeah, I really resent this whole, oh, it's not a real job, it's mm-hmm. just young people. No, it is a job. Yeah. It's... I think the issue comes from where they are influencers. And so they actually it's... genuinely do influence people because they're yeah. constantly there, that's what they do. And if they end up influencing in the wrong way... Yeah, definitely. But I think, you know, that could probably be the same with any job. Yeah. Like a footballer could be an influencer in mm. their own way they can influence a generation yeah. but because of the stuff they do behind closed mm. doors and goes out yeah you know. yeah so yeah i you know i think we we've covered quite quite a lot yeah I don't actually quite a lot but also like 
we could definitely talk about more eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, feel free if there's anything else you want to... Not right now, necessarily. <laughs> but I, I just mean, like, I'd be happy to be back. Oh, of course. You know? And I'm happy to have you back. Mm. I love spending time with you mm. and then being able to just have our conversations, but hopefully have other people listen to them and yeah. maybe take something away from it. But we have always said every time we have conversations <laughs> like these, like, oh, we should be recording this. Well, every time, because we always end up saying something that's relatively profound. And I think today it's kind of been a repetition of some conversations we've already had. Mm. So I think at some point maybe we should just get together and stick the mic on. Yeah, because I think as well that it's a weird dynamic, mm. because although I feel comfortable with you, still trying to remember that it is mm-hmm. a podcast yeah. or a chat show, whatever It still you feels it. a bit like an interview. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of trying to get rid of that mm-hmm. mentality mm-hmm. Um, and have it a bit more fluid and I've got words now. See, <laughs> I've hit my... <laughs> hit the natural end because neither of us know how to speak anymore. Just like, uh, uh, this, uh, <laughs> um... They were some beautiful they noises. They were right really there. great. I was also very distracted by that Nicolas Cage coaster. <laughs> which, uh, shout out to Ali for giving me mm. that for my birthday. It's and very a good. Nicolas Cage face mask as well. Mm. We love a bit of a cane. Thank you mm. for being here, for helping me with the tip run, for enjoying some non-alcoholic ginger wine. Which, oh my goodness, is actually amazing. It's delicious. I've fucking hoofed it all. It's should lovely. We, should we see if we can maybe get sponsored? A spawn. Do a spawn for it. <laughs> Do a spawn. I don't even know what the brand is. I don't either. I'll have to check the bottle and find yeah. out, and I'll tag them in and be like, hey, nice. we were drinking this <laughs> during, can we please be sponsored by During you? our groundbreaking podcast. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, so we will do this again. Yeah, please. No doubt, no doubt. Um, and you, I don't have a natural end yet. That's good. To my podcasts. Mm. I mean, I've only done one official episode. But, you know, you hear people, like, I try and sign off on Instagram posts. And yeah. Like, stay safe, stay sexy, or whatever the fuck I used to say. Yeah. I? Um, I feel like with, with how you are, though, with it be, this just being a real thing. Yeah. Just a thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Well, because the other one was quite natural because Sam offended me. So I just said, get out. And that was it. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice. I'm not going to do that with you. No. Or maybe I should. That could be my just thing. Tell to get out. Just be like, all right then. Bit. Get out. Right. See you. <laughs> <laughs>